0: April 22nd, 2020. Sup everyone, I'm Paul Clark. Sup Paul. Happy Earth Day everyone. It's the 39th day of the Oregon coronavirus quarantine, if you're keeping track. I am no longer in Oregon. I'm in Tennessee. I flew here. To Nashville from Portland a couple of days ago. So essentially this podcast episode is going to be a little bit about that travel experience. It's going to be brief. I'm just interviewing myself today. And I don't want it to be too much of a rambling because I could quickly ramble on into oblivion. I'm here not for fun but for a family funeral. I actually flew on a one-way ticket planning on being here for about 10 days a couple of weeks to support my grieving aunt. Traveling here. Interesting, interesting. Have you seen the movie, the 1983 movie, Night of the Comet? If you haven't and you want a little bit of a laugh, uh, you should. The thing about apocalyptic films is that there there are a couple of things in common. Disaster, visual disaster. A comet flies by and that kills every organic thing. uh, Unless you're one of the three female actors of the movie. They're zombies, they're tsunamis, they're earthquakes, they're just visual destructive things, environmental and human devastating things. Dead bodies in the streets, upturned buildings, you name it. Even The Wizard of Oz is kind of an apocalyptic movie, isn't it? But anyway, there's a scene in Night of the Comet where, at the end of the movie, one of the the, the characters is at a, a red light. She's standing on the corner and wondering why people are, the, the, the few people who remain, why they're obeying the do not cross sign. She runs across and nearly like, gets hit by a car, and she goes zooming off with the person who was in the car, uh, found the love of her life. But I felt like that too. Like you, As I arrived on my shuttle van, <sighs> tumbleweeds, man, other than the fact that there were no red, did I just say man? other than the fact that there were no red filters to indicate like biological and devastating levels of pollution i uh, i span across the street with my vlogging equipment on and uh, nearly got hit by the uber that drove by the one vehicle inside the airport nobody was there uh, I, I flew american and there were no one, there was no one in line TSA had 12 attendants. I was the only one bringing my bag through. So I used four little carts and put a shoe in one and a shoe in the other and my laptop in one and uh, my sunglasses in another and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. 20 people were eventually on that uh, connection flight to Charlotte. But really interesting. Like I mentioned, like the airport was empty. You could roll a bowling bowling ball and it would only bounce off walls. A couple of restaurants open for to-go orders there were a number of janitors walking around uh, refilling empty trash bags. Every employee was wearing a mask. That, that, that was nice. But so, mind, mind you, you have that scene of an empty airport. And on my YouTube channel, you'll get a, a sense of that because I was vlogging. And because I was vlogging, one of the 20 total people on my flight approached me in the empty corner that I was in and accused me of being a spy. He accused me of being a terrorist. He accused me of being a criminal. He stated quite clearly with four separate F-bombs that what I was doing is illegal because everyone knows you're not supposed to have a microphone on a camera in an airport and film. Must be a legal scholar. And I've always joked, if you're going to say something stupid, say it with a southern accent. Thank you, sir, for proving my point. He had a very deep and dark Southern accent. To avoid confrontation, I basically, with my mask on, winked at him, said "Howdy, sir." Thank you for the information, and walked off. He wanted confrontation. He wanted me to to respond to his nonsense, and I just ignored him and walked away. Put the camera away the microphone away and just called it good. No reason to have a confrontation. I was already done with vlogging anyway. People had the idea that it was an empty airport. I was shooting B-roll and not pointing it at anyone because no one was there. Anyway, 20 people on that flight landed in Charlotte. Most of the flights in and out of Charlotte were canceled. Fortunately, my flight to Nashville was right on time, and off I went. There were seven people on that flight. Last night was the viewing for the funeral that I was at, and it quickly became, well, first of all, it was a loving event. There were 40-plus people on the registration, so at least 40 people were there milling around over a two-hour period. Lots of hugs, lots of kisses, cheek kissing, and handshaking. Two months ago, it would have been absolutely normal and absolutely heartwarming. I was the only one in a mask, there was no hand sanitizer, there was no indication of awareness of social distancing. Two months ago, like I said, this would have been so memorable, but for me the memories were the fact that I'm in a different world. The 35 plus days I spent in quarantine, like so many Oregonians, so many people throughout the United States, so many people throughout the world, pretty much was just completely wiped out. In a moment of grieving, I spent most of my time outside of the place, in a very low-key, non-obvious way, with uh, my mask on and just kind of sitting and respecting the the passing of my uncle, while wondering what is going on with this country. You know, here I am, sitting at a funeral, thinking politics. And in, in brief, I, I view that the, the politics in the United States is such that we're at an intellectual civil war. There is a difference between white and black. There is a huge difference between rich and poor. There's a difference between Republican and Democrat, maybe. What I do know is that there is bipartisanship in the way that people behave. How you get your news, the sources that you get your news will really indicate your behavior. No matter what you do, and even in all of these podcasts I do, if I ask advice to people, what they do to encourage people to get on rivers as a paddleboard, every single one has indicated an element of leadership. Find someone who has skills, who you could trust, who you could follow, who you could navigate safely with. We need leadership. We need consistent, trustful leadership. And Everybody believes that their leaders are doing something right, except for teenagers, of course. They think their parents are doing everything wrong, no matter what they are. But even a pandemic is a topic for bipartisanship. A general sense of what I'm getting here in, you know, and this is just an influent white neighborhood outside of Nashville. A general sense of what I'm getting is that all of this quarantine is, is a government way to take people's livelihood away. Businesses are closed, but people are doing what they normally do. They hug, they socialize. They are accusing the media liberal fake news of of spreading fear. And uh it just it just it scratches my head, like, okay, so everything that we have all been doing in the last month plus has been for naught. Like when I go back to Oregon in 10 days or two weeks, I flew here on a one-way ticket to be available to support my widowed grieving aunt. Everything that uh, I've done, I now have to go repeat. If this pandemic is real, if the virus is as deadly as sources say it is, I have to go back and, hide out, because even oh, I was wearing masks, even though I'm hand-washing, I am certainly, uh, how can I not be asymptomatic? There was so much hugging. I was the only one, and I was standing out. I felt like a sore thumb, so I actually just kind of had to distance myself from the group pretty early on when I realized it was a large group. You know, I just distanced myself. I, I went outside. I sat on a bench. I sat in my own contemplation my own grieving my own thoughts of the past and my own confusions of the the future you know i um, i wore a mask (laughs) and a and a sports jacket i nodded at people when i was introduced to people i didn't know really anybody there except for the the immediate family and her and my aunt's friends My aunt would introduce me as, you know, her great nephew who is risking his life to be here. He flew away all the way from across the country. Most people who were in attendance had driven from Arizona or Florida or Michigan. People were gathering in this hot spot from around the U.S. I guess I'm the only one that flew. No, I'm not the only one that flew. But anyway, that's how she would introduce me as 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 uh, risking my life to be there. Maybe that's hyperbole. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. Over the next couple of days, I'm going to be talking about my travel experiences. Today, we're actually burying my uncle. So, uh, and then later this evening, I have a live streaming conference with Sawyer. So if you're following Sawyer on Facebook and a variety of the streaming platforms, tune in at uh, 6 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard at the the Sawyer Paddles and Oars social streaming social media networks. So I'm excited to talk to them. After that, I have a a Zoom conference with uh, Canada, basically a happy hour. And then uh, back into uh, the real personal world, I'm having a a dinner with uh, my aunt and her family and friends. And uh, I'll, I'll wonder how I could be polite and present while maintaining what I consider proper social distancing standards. Anyway, everyone, I look forward to talking to you in the near future and uh, talking about the the experience of, of traveling in the southeast of the United States. At the end, in the middle, at the beginning, who knows, of this coronavirus global pandemic. Keep humanity more important than the person, and I'll talk to you later. Bye, everyone.